Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And this is the very first episode. It's a brand new podcast where we talk about more than movies. And other stuff. Yeah, totally. But, but also movies. Yeah, so thank you so much for click and play on this very first episode. Today, we're going to talk about sex in the movies and laptop etiquette. And we'll also weigh in on some new TV shows. And ask the question, will your childhood be ruined by another Disney reboot? Hmm. It's time for a top three turf war. This week, we are talking about the top three sexiest movie characters. So, I'll give you a rundown of what's happening. We have each curated a list of our own personal sexiest movie characters. Then we share the list with each other, but also you, (laughs) and then battle it out until we come up with the final, official, top three sexiest movie characters of all time. That's basically how this works. I mean, if we had advertising at this point, I'd be like, Fifty Shades Darker is coming out this Friday. <laughs> uh, we don't have any of that, but uh, but we felt like that was a good first jumping off point for the podcast and because of this new movie. Agreed. Which is, you know, she can never be one of the sexiest characters, right? Mm. We can agree on that. She's, she's no, not she's... coming up on her list, right? No. Well, why don't you kick us off with number three? Number three on my list is a character by the name of Jacob Palmer. Oh my God, it's on my list. Played by Ryan Gosling. Totally. From the movie Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, I think he is like the definition of what is sexy. Let's pause and come to it because it's further up on my list. Okay, okay. So my number three is Lana from Risky Business. Rebecca I've never Mornay. seen Risky Business. Every guy knows that a smart, beautiful, sophisticated woman who's a little bit older when you're in your high school years is maybe the sexiest thing. And she comes into the film and exudes a lot of danger, Mm. a lot of risk, hence the title, and is there to rock Tom Cruise's world on a train later in the film, which is an incredibly sexy, sexy part of the film. But the fact that she is so hot and exudes sex, that's what gets Tom Cruise into so much trouble throughout the film. (laughs) It's why he does all the things he does is, well, I have a sexy, sexy woman in this film who (laughs) is coming at me. So uh, that's why it's number three. What's your number two? So my number two is Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That is an Excellent pick. Not on my list, but excellent pick. She just, when I think about what is sexy, her image comes to my mind. Like, I feel like if I put a cartoon on here, our listeners would think I'm a pervert. She's not bad. She's just drawn that way. <laughs> Come on, Jay. <laughs> How long did it take for you to say that on this podcast? <laughs> Look, this is a first segment. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> and she loves funny people, which is... She loves funny people. She is, she's drawn to be sexy. She's drawn to be sexy in a way that if she were real, you kind of imagine what it would be like if she was real. You would play patty cake with her for sure. Totally. Well, my number two is one we just mentioned. It's uh, Jacob Palmer from Crazy Stupid Love. And, you know, I am a straight man, but we can appreciate the fact that 
this guy's just damn cool. He just is sexy. He has his shit together. He is a little cold at the beginning, but then the second he meets the right girl, he just like sheds that coolness. And that's okay. And, and because it he's works. still as sexy as ever. As ever. Yeah. He's a sexy dude. He just, he still is sexy. And that's what I think I think makes him more sexy. Like, to be honest, he he's on this list where James Bond, let's say, isn't. Because okay. James Bond doesn't shed that attitude. He's always artificial. Yeah, you see a real softness to uh, Jacob Palmer in Crazy Stupid Love, but you also see this gruff man. Yeah. Who, He's like a man's man that men want to kind of be like. Exactly. But you also see that when he falls in love, he shows you it's okay. It yeah. And there's, and there's nothing better than totally that. manly. It to is be manly. vulnerable. Yeah. And I think and I, that's and I'm not the saying key. this because he's Ryan Gosling, guys, like guys and gals. I do not think he exudes sex in the Notebook. I do not think he exudes sex in uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Or oh, even, definitely not in even that the one. Big Short. I don't think he's like a very sexy man in the big short. I really find him sexy in Crazy Stupid Love because he, like you said, he's got his shit together. What's your number one? My number one is Jane Fonda as Barbarella. It's a weird pick, man. Okay, so I saw (laughs) this movie for the first time just like a few years ago. It was on Netflix, and I was like, I've never seen this movie, and I've always wanted to, and I love the costumes. Also, Jane Fonda in her early 20s is... Hot. She is incredibly hot. But here's why I think that she's the sexiest character. She plays this incredibly innocent girl who travels through space having sex in order to save humanity or the universe or whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just awesome. It doesn't make any sense. But this is why I think she's the sexiest character. She, in that movie, portrays someone who is has the innocence of a child, and she doesn't, like, judge sexuality. She's like, oh, well, it feels good. I like it. I want to do more of it. She's just game. I think that is why she is the sexiest character. A, I mean, she looks fucking hot. She is incredibly hot. But B, it's that free love attitude Paired which, without judgment, without any, like, self-loathing. Which came with that era as well. I mean, it was a little indicative of the time. Was it the 60s or the 70s that the, the movie 70s. was in? Yeah, and, and so I think there was just that concept of she's a woman, she owns her sexuality, and her innocence allowed her not to judge herself for it. And that was really key for me. It was late 60s. 1968 was uh, the Barbarella film. So it's not on my list. I think it's a wackadoo kind of freaking thing to put on the list. <laughs> um, my number one is a little more subtle. Um, you know, we just talked about Jacob Palmer being like, he's emotional, he's real. I went with a real person. Helen Tasker from True Lies, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. Here, it's a little bit of a strange pick, but go with me for a second. This movie came out when I was in my late, teens uh in high school saw the film there's an incredibly sexy scene where she does this dance for who she doesn't think is her husband but it's her husband and it's so incredibly sexy but the whole film is about her trying to recapture who she was she's sort of having an affair and realizing that she she is a sexy woman she is a woman that people want 
even though she doesn't feel like she's getting that from her husband, she becomes this incredibly sexy, amazing woman who is just trying to save her family, but does all this sex stuff. I, I just think she's incredibly sexy. Jamie Lee Curtis has a place in my heart ever since Trading Places, but I feel like this is sexier because she's a mom, she's real, and at the end of the film, she's not the same person. At the end of the film, she's dancing, she's got the rose in her mouth. Like, it's hot! <laughs> and uh, that's why I think Helen Tasker is the sexiest character in film. Mm, this is going to be a hard list to put together, I think. I mean, obviously... I think Jacob Palmer gets number one. It's, he's on both of our lists. He's on both of our lists. He is. And when we described him, I think you're right. He deserves that number one spot. So what's number and two? And then number two and three will, I assume, go to... Well, Barbarella has more sex in her film. Yeah, I was well. I was gonna say Barbarella and and Helen Tasker. Yeah, like those are the two other characters. And Helen Tasker's an odd choice. This is my favorite, but I know it's not gonna be everybody's favorite. But I do so like I that bad. it's the realistic, sexy. Like I do like that. It totally is. But I think you're right. I think if we put Jacob at number one, yeah, number two with Barbarella, I think so, and then number three with Helen Tasker. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Let's count this down. All right, this is exciting. Number three. Helen Tasker from True Lies. Number two, Barbarella from Barbarella. And the number one sexiest character in movie history is Jacob Palmer, Crazy Stupid Love. Good list. Wow, that was that was way easier. I thought it was going to be more of a fight. Yeah, like how we normally hang out and fight about everything. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <sighs> I'm a little tired. Let's take a break. We got a new podcast. This We've is done one segment. A new podcast and we already need a break. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I'm so happy to be doing this podcast with you. For two years, actually, you probably don't know this, but for two years we did a podcast together. We did. It was called Friends with Elephants. That's right. It kind of built the mold to where we are now with more of the movies. Yeah. They're not that dissimilar, to be honest. So if you like this and you want to listen to more, you can... Search for Friends with Elephants and all the episodes are still there. But what you really want to do is subscribe to what you're listening to now. Exactly. Because, come on, you're enjoying this, right? We're talking about sexy characters. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -mm. <laughs> and I bet you're picturing us as really attractive people. We're okay. Uh, I don't know about that. What are you talking about? We're better than okay. Okay, fine. We're like a seven. <laughs> collectively <laughs> what are you saying about how i look oh my god no my You're, career is my face you are doing wonderfully today <laughs> today you know you know you're just you digging know? yourself in a really bad hole let's Water. get back to the show <laughs> you're plugged in mind your manners this is tech ticket oh i love that british lady <laughs> We flew her in special for this intro. <laughs> so this segment is all about the etiquette of tech. We live in a new world. Actually, I feel like it's not even that new anymore. It's not new anymore. It was but, new in the 90s. But there are manners that come with everything, and there should be manners that come with tech. That's what we're talking about. I was in a meeting today, and you know I have a very boring office job. And I'm in a meeting today, and at least four people in this meeting are in front of their laptops, not having anything to do with us, typing, type, 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 type. And I don't know. I felt like that was kind of weird. Really? 
Well, what do you do? Do you bring your notepad and your pen to every meeting? A notepad and a pen? Or at least like your phone so you can take notes? I take notes on my computer. You're a laptop junkie. You bring your laptop and you, you type on your laptop. Of course. How else are you going to take notes? I'm way more efficient at typing on a computer than on my phone. And I feel like I actually, I have issues when people are on their phone in meetings. Really? Yeah, because that is way more of a personal toy item. A laptop is for work. Okay, so what should be the ground rules for when you're in a meeting with your laptop? You got to be engaged with the meeting still. So, okay, here's the deal. You're in a meeting. You have your laptop. What's okay? What's not okay? It kind of depends on the meeting. In this world, sometimes you're in meetings that you're like, okay, this is a, you know, four-hour meeting. There's no way that every participant in that meeting is really meant to be engaged for four hours. If I'm given a four-hour presentation, I am only engaging for 20 of those minutes. Exactly. Well, I mean, you brought up a good point about that four-hour meeting. I think you have to so that you can stay on top of things. Um, but, but I think also, you should be using your laptop for the meeting purposes. I would agree. Also, how many meetings are you in where there's a presentation? You would need a laptop. You would totally need a laptop for that. I don't see any problem with taking notes in a meeting and typing away at a computer. For me, personally, keeps me more engaged, where just sitting and listening is not necessarily going to allow me to remember everything that I need to remember. Should you acknowledge that when you come in and say, say I'm just taking some notes on here let me know if you guys want to like i can take the minutes should you explain yourself beforehand in a meeting if you don't know the people that you're in the meeting with i think that's a pretty smart smart assumption i <laughs> i must be stone age because i just bring notepad and pen i sometimes like forget how to handwrite you do not so it'll i'll go months without handwriting this is why we have this segment <laughs> because that is astonishing. And you know what? There probably is a younger generation who's in the same boat. They don't write very often. They test they they're always typing. Yeah. So they're coming to meetings with their laptops because that just seems normal. So I think we've we've got some good grand rules here. Go to the meeting, show respect. If it's a meeting you don't know people very much, just say, hey, guys, I'm just going to be taking some notes. Let me know if uh, you'd like me to send these out afterwards. Maybe that's like the way to endear yourself to these people who may or may not have laptops as well. Maybe they have their own little archaic notepads. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think we've we've solved something here. I think yeah. showing that respect. Try to keep only your note taking application open. Do not surf the web. Do not check your emails unless it's an extended meeting. And I guess that's it. Solving problems all the time. That's what we do here. Mmm. Reboot rumors. Ooh, that's sexy. Whoa. Whoa. That was some of my coaching with our voice actor. I bet it was. <laughs> my goodness. So let's talk about something really family friendly now. Uh, Disney. <laughs> uh, so basically... You and I both know how many Disney remakes they're going to do. They're redoing all the classics in live action form. And you know what? This is going to be super controversial. Thus far, I'm like not that crazy about them. If you take a look back for a second, they started with the reboot of Cinderella, right? Well, they started with the reboot of Alice in Wonderland. 
Then oh, they did, that was an official Disney reboot. Because Tim Burton did that Johnny Depp weird ass one. Oh, but I see. I thought that that was Alice in Wonderland as its own thing. I didn't realize oh, like that it a was totally different thing. Well, yeah, I guess it sort of because falls it's in Tim line. Burton's bat, yeah. like Alice in Wonderland. It's not the Disney Alice okay, in Wonderland. Okay, so let's jump to Maleficent, which was Sleeping Beauty. And it was the bad guy from Sleeping Beauty. Again, I didn't see that as a reboot because it didn't seem like to me the only ones that are the then Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella started it, followed by Tart. No, Jungle uh, Jungle Book, Book, and then now Beauty and the Beast. So to me, those are like the Disney reboots because they're very much on brand and they all kind of look the same. There's like a look to that. Okay, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that if the movie looks and feels like the original, then it's totally like a reboot. Yeah. Or a remake versus a reboot. I think it's a reboot because they're they're taking a bit of a different slant. It's darker. It's live action. You still haven't seen The Jungle Book. You cannot tell me I if have. it's darker. You thought that was darker? Yeah. Well, I guess it is. It is darker. I guess it is darker, but it's so much better. Not in my opinion. Oh. Like, oh, it's, it's- So much better than the original. In my movie rankings- Sidebar, Jay and I, throughout the year, watch movies and then put them into a list where we rank them best to worst. It's like the top 30. Wow. It, it is. Well, we're, It's we're, middle of the road. It's a C, you know? Like, for me, and, and I actually didn't really love Cinderella at all. I really like Cinderella. I loved The Jungle Book. I'm, I'm not even really worried about Beauty and the Beast at all. I know it's going to make a bajillion dollars and... um. I'm not even looking at the trailers or anything. I'm just going to go in blind because why? I've It's my favorite animated movie of all time. I know what happens. Beauty and the Beast is my favorite animated movie from those Disney movies. Yep. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm worried because it's my favorite. Well, I want to just spitfire it? some of the upcoming ones. Yeah. And you tell me how worried you are because okay. the next one I am so stoked for, it is Mulan. And I think Mulan is one of the reboots you know that could do the best. I actually think I would like to see a Disney Mulan reboot. Here's one that's going to be a sore spot for our listeners. The Little Mermaid. Fail to see how I'm going to really love it. Like, how are they going to do it? I know that look that they create for Jungle Book. And it's is gonna it going to look too it's animated? It's going to look pretty animated, I yeah. think. I think it will. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is getting a redux. Yeah. Same with The Lion King. That one's that'll be, be strange. That'll be like the Jungle Book, I think. But yeah. if they don't keep the music, then it'll be really strange. That's very true. Uh, Cruella de Vil, 101 Dalmatians. I guess it's going to be like a Maleficent where they only focus on Cruella de Vil. Who cares? I feel like they've done way too many 101 Dalmatian remakes. I, I guess because I never watched them, I don't feel inundated We had with the them. originals. And then we had the 90s ones that were redone. And then we had a sequel. And now we're getting more. So, mm-hmm. like, that seems pretty close together. I feel like that kind of stuff just happens all the time now. It's possible. Aladdin. I mean, I don't know who they're going to get to play the genie. I know. Peter Pan. That's okay, because they've actually, done a bajillion Peter Pans. I think that that would be a fun remake. Well, I mean, I, with their think new, about, like, think about their new darker, like, their set design, the visuals of these new live-action movies Could be movies beautiful. But, unbelievable. But don't forget, Pan came out last year, or maybe it was 20... 15 and no one saw it no but i don't think that it matters the subject matter i think it matters that, that these are disney. these disney reboots that are truly endorsed by disney dumbo 
Oh, that's a dark story. Just for a minute, imagine Dumbo in live action. Tell me that it's not depressing. It's a depressing film. And it's weird and it's psychedelic. And how and I don't much know how more depressing it. would it be if they made it in one of these live action ones? There's no way. There's no way that's Well, slated. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but one of my favorites is Winnie the Pooh. And what we're going to do with this one, which I am on board 100% for, is we are getting, and I think it's going to be this year or next year, it's going to be a Christopher Robin movie and he's all grown up and somehow finds his way back to Pooh Corner and... The Hundred Acre Wood. Hmm. I think that could be amazing. Do you want them to remake anything else? Are, is there something not on this remake list that you would want to be remade that's Disney? That is a that is the question. I want them to remake Hercules. <gasps> yes, that would be that would amazing. Be amazing. Can you imagine Hercules in live action? That would be hilarious. Also, I loved Hercules, the, the cartoon. Why is that not on the list? That's a fantastic idea. I don't know. There's a lot of movies that don't need to be touched. I could see Hercules being done. It, it should be the next one that comes on after they finish all these bazillions that they're going to make a lot of money off what of. What else do I like? I Lady and the Tramp. I want to see Lady yeah, and Lady the and Tramp. Lady and the Tramp would be different because, uh, so we recently watched Lady and the Tramp again. And let me tell you, uh, Becky and I, we loved it, but it's like 60 minutes. So short. Really? Yeah. You know what they could remake is Bambi. Oh, God. Live action Bambi? I hate Bambi. I would love to see a new Bambi. I haven't seen- Give me a Bambi with character. I haven't seen Bambi since I was a child, and it like scarred me. We watched it in school, in daycare, like after school daycare, and I was just horrified. I don't think the the earlier Disney movies resonate with me as much. Um, like I said, I love the new Jungle Book. I didn't care for the original Jungle Book. The music's iconic and everything like that, but it's repeat animation. It's what you know. What they should remake is Robin Hood. I was just gonna say that. Oh, those foxes need to be done in Jungle Book form. I was just gonna say that it would be great That'd to be see fun. Jungle Book. So great. So why don't you tell us what you guys think? you want to see in a Disney remake, or are we done? Let's move on. No more remakes at all for the Disney lineup. Um, and did any of these movies that we talked about today break your heart? Series Survival. Dun, dun, dun. This is going to be a pretty fun segment. Jay and I watch trailers of new TV shows that have not yet been aired, and we predict whether or not they're going to make it to season two. I think it's a very cool idea. Um, it, it's not something I'm very good at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really not that great at predicting if a, if a TV show will get to season two, which is bad because I work in television. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm really glad that I don't do the programming scope because I would be terrible at it. Okay, well, here's my thoughts. You're only new in television in the last year. That is true. So maybe I've upped my game. Maybe you have. Here we go. We're going to start with one of actually my shows. I work for FX, and this is actually an FX show. It's Feud, and uh, it premieres March 5th. I can tell you that much because <laughs> I'm working on it right now. Um, and this is the story of... The feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford back in the roaring days of Hollywood. And it's a Ryan Murphy kind of show. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're not familiar with Ryan Murphy, think Glee, think American Horror Story, think The People vs. O.J. Simpson, think Scream Queens. These are all shows that got a second season, so I am saying yes. However, it will be a different feud. You think it's an anthology series? I think it's going to be an anthology series because, because one, I know it's an anthology series. Okay, two, so that's like for sure it's yeah, an anthology. Yeah. See, I would have probably guessed that it's not an anthology series based on... Uh, the, like what I saw, but I guess now that goes well, wet. They're only going to tell like one feud per season. So it'll be Be- Betty Davis and Joan Crawford all for season one. Then who the hell knows what's going to be season two? Probably Trump and someone. But it depends how this season goes. So what do you think? Do you think it's going to make it to season two? It'll make it to season two. A, Ryan Murphy always makes it to season two. B, yep. it's FX, which is... You know, cable premium cable channel that you have to pay for. Those tend to not they those the shows that get picked up on those channels they usually get two seasons. I agree. Number two is a DC comics comedy that kind of takes the piss out of superheroes, and it's called Powerless, and it aired uh, on February second. So last week was the very very first episode. Now we're recording on February 1st, so we're we have not it has not come out yet at the time of this. So at the time we're talking about this, it's fair game. Correct. We have no idea what this thing's going to be like. Vanessa Hudgens, the blonde guy, what's his name? The guy who the Wayne. Oh, that's Alan Tudyk. I love him. He's yeah. so funny. Um the guy from Community. Oh, um oh no. He played what Abed. Is Abed. That's how I know him. He's Abed. (laughs) There's a lot of great people in it. It looks like it's going to have a lot of fun making fun of DC superheroes. I think this is everything I've ever wanted from a superhero comedy. I'm going in with my wish. I also am banking on the cast that's involved. This is too, like Vanessa Hudgens is too A-list for this to be a, you're done after a season show. I'm banking... Entirely on DC Comics. Their TV properties of The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, these all made it But this two. one's totally different. Like I get a it. whole different and it's NBC, it's not CW. Like I get it, but I think it's gonna go season two just based on the superhero factor alone. I feel like people still love this and they don't have fatigue like I'm almost at, but I think with the comedy of I, Deadpool being Deadpool, this is like Another one of those self-aware kind of superhero pro- uh, products. I think it'll. I think it'll go to season two. I think the reality is, this is what people want to see, and so I also think it'll go to season two. A because we've got too big of a name actor for this to flop on season one, and B because a superhero comedy about people without powers. Hello, we got two big hit heavy hitters in Santa Clarita Diet. That's yes. coming to Netflix. Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, they're huge. Huge, huge. Although, you know what? You can't say that about Tim- Timothy Oliphant in the sense of- He was of, in a Die Hard movie. He's made it. No, no, no. He's huge, but he is not so huge that like, he's on shows that get canceled. That's a good point. Deadwood was one of the most acclaimed shows of all time, and it got canceled. Mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion's in this show. We know Firefly got canceled. Right, but then he was also in Castle. Not- Which has gone on too long. Yeah, it has gone on. Jumping the shark. So this is a Netflix show. But it's also and Netflix. That factors into my decision. Me too. However, not all Netflix shows necessarily come back for season two. I think this one will because of Drew Barrymore. 
I think so too. I think She's a, with a heavy hitter shooter. like Drew Barrymore, also, I mean, it looks hilarious. It looks really good. It's kind of like I Zombie, but instead of being a detective, she's like story, a realtor. She's an she's having a regular life with a regular yeah. family, but she has to kill people and eat them. But they're gonna dexter it up and kill bad people. They totally are, because that's what a self-respecting mother and realtor would do who lives in the suburbs. Thank you. Go out and kill yourself a awful human being. Exactly. They're doing a service to humanity. Oh, I, I love that you said this. I will go get my axe. <laughs> no, but seriously, I there's no way that this is not coming back for a second season. I feel like we kind of stacked the deck in the we wrong really way did, this time. We really did, and I'm okay with that, because <laughs> it's our first episode. Um, so, first episode of Series Survival. We got three shows. We all think they're coming back. We will update you after the mid-season. That'll be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. But I think... We have some homework for you. We do. So next week, we're going to be watching a movie and talking about it. And we would love it if you could watch it with us. So we're going to check out Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. So it's a throwback. This movie was made in the 90s, probably before some people that are listening. 1989, but I think it got its full release in 1990. What? 1989? I know, I know. So probably Um, half of you who are listening to this weren't even alive back then. I absolutely need to see this. I can't believe I haven't seen it. And it seems right because it's February 1st when we're recording this. It's Black History Month. We are two, like, way too white privileged people that, uh, you know, bone up on what uh, what this amazing black director has done in his time. And it feels like, you know, more than movies-ish. I just really want to see this movie and talk about it. Okay, so I'm just racist. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? No. That's what you're saying, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. saying. I think it's great. I went to this place. No. I must see color. I'm a horrible human being. Horrible. No, I'm saying great. It's February 1st, Black History Month. And we're going to see Do the Right Thing, but we're really watching Do the Right Thing because we want to watch Do the Right Thing. I, I definitely do. I mean, it's And I think classic. it's that simple. And there's nothing bad or racist about it. <sighs> I always make things so complicated. Stop beating yourself up, Jay. I know you're white, but that isn't a crime. All Maybe right. after Trump is gone from power, <laughs> it will be. <laughs> okay. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to help us support the show, we'd really appreciate it. All you got to do is hop onto iTunes or any podcast service that you have. Give us a quick rating or review. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, This helps us grow, and you know, especially in these early ages where we are one episode in at this point. Also, our intro song comes from bensound.com, and you can find all the details about that and other music and sound effects from our show in our show notes. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so please do not be a stranger. You can reach us on our website at morethemovies.net. Or Facebook slash morethemoviespodcast. You can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back next Monday with an all new episode. And. Oh, shoot. We don't have a. We don't have. We don't have a thing to say. We had it on our last podcast and it was so clever. I know. We don't. We don't. What are, I don't know who these people are listening. They're the more than movies. Fr- I don't. They're okay. friends of the show. We'll, we'll see you next time. People who like more than movies. Oh, man. Thanks for listening. That's lame.